You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Time to unleash a little love sprinkled in with some purposeful play and mutual respect today, listeners. It's a recipe for turning that doggy Dennis the Menace into a well-mannered dog who will view you like a rock star and not like a personal canine servant. Our special guest serves as a coach to dogs and people, including some famous peeps like Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, Ben Affleck, Owen Wilson, Mario Lopez, and much more. She's here today to share tips from her new book and put the wow back in Bow Wow. Please give pause and applause to New York Times best-selling author and a real dogged life coach, Tamar Geller. Welcome to the show, Tamar. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Arden. I'm delighted. If I had a tail, I'd be wagging it right now, but you know. <laughs> I'm wagging mine. All right, good. Now, now T- Tamar's going to shed some doggy no-nos when it comes to training and doggy yes-yes. She's going to help us identify dogs' seven basic needs, and they might surprise you what they are. And she's also going to explain how she went from being an intelligence officer in the Israeli army to a top dog in the pet world right after this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take affection. I really should mention I need time, I need love, I crave attention. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I could break into the lyrics from that famous Beatles song, All You Need Is Love, but I'm afraid we would have too many huskies howling and probably some beagles baying, and far too many of you holding your ears. So I'm going to spare you my singing. 
Instead, I offer you a special treat, the chance to talk dog with one of the most insightful canine behavior experts on the planet, Tamar Geller. Hey, Tamar, let's get started because you definitely wear a lot of collars in the pet world. You're a New York Times bestselling author. You're a coach to celebrities and their dogs. You're the owner of The Loved dog, a cage-free doggy boarding and daycare center, and much more. But you're here, I guess, to discuss your game plan for uh, creating a well-mannered dog in a month. It's all in your new book, aptly called Mm -hmm. 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog, The Loved Dog Method. 30 days? Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. you got to think about it. When you're having fun, you want more. So the dog is having fun. He's not like, oh, I want to be done with that. He's like, come on, mom, more, more, more. (laughs) And when your dog is coming and saying, teach me more, I'm having so much fun. How did I get so lucky to have you as my mom, to have you as my dad? Then when it's like, it's going so fast. It's it's really unbelievable. You know, it's kind of like if you want to think about it as cooking where, if there's one missing ingredient, you know, nobody told you that you put a pinch of salt, you know, in a cake. You right. Because you're like, what, with a cake, a pinch of salt? Yes, and oftentimes that's the tiny little ingredient that make it from, oh, you know, I don't really want the cake to, can I have another piece? Right. And that's kind of like what I do with dogs. I make it so the owners, the parents are having fun coaching the dog. It's coaching, it's sports, it's not being alpha and the dog has to be submissive. When it's that way, it would never take 30 days. You know, never. But when it's fun and it's sports and it's love and it's games, then it's like, oh my God, that is, you know, I can't have enough of that. I think the owner feels that and the dog feels Mm -hmm. that. Well, I think you're teaching us how to be true party animals with a purpose, right? <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's, I really think it's about how not to be as judgmental and regimented and restrictive. It's more like going with nature, going with the flow. And i give you an example. If I want to teach a dog to sit and the dog backs up every day, backs off every day, Instead of going, oh, well, I have to teach shit, and therefore I have to tell him, no, 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 back off. Let me say back off, and reward that behavior, and then I'll go back to sit. You know, so it's kind of like, I want to wear my short skirt today, but it's raining. Instead of cursing at the sky, I'm like, great day to wear my rain boots. You know, so it's kind of like the way you go through life, where are you fighting everybody and everything and trying to control, particularly animals and those who are weaker than you, and you say, well, they have to be submissive. What do you say, you know what? What's happening? What gift am I given today by my dog and what? And, and you work with them that they don't, feel, they don't feel that they're wrong all the time. And I think a lot of husbands and a lot of wives feel the same way, like, God, I'm wrong all the time. And it's not that they're wrong. It's just like it's changing the way we think about things. And then working with a person and working with a dog, and all of a sudden you make them feel like, oh, I can't do enough for you. I can't do enough. You are like so great. I want to do more and more and more to please you. You're making a good point. And I think, you know, I get goofy with my two dogs, but I want them to be able to learn new things. And I think every one of us can do a show of pause where we had a rock on good teacher. The reason that teacher was great was because they made the lesson fun, right? Isn't it true? Isn't it true? You know what? I remember when I was going to school, I could never pass math. Never, 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 never. I could never pass math. And I thought I was an idiot when it came to math. 
And when I went to, you know, to the military and I passed all the tests, I realized, my God, maybe I'm not an idiot. And I went when I finished my service and I took a class and the teacher was so much fun, I got an A+. And I never in my life passed a math test before, but it was a different teacher. See, go you figure, know? I would say, but that's a pun. I won't do that to you. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't know me, but you're in trouble, man. You're going to be you're going to have a fun time on this show. Now, oh no. Oh no, I can't wait for it to be over already. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. All right, you hung around some people, celebrities. We're going to get to that in a little bit later. But I was pawing through the pages of your book, 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog, yesterday in between all the trick-or-treaters because it was Halloween. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and I wanted to say that I really liked some of the uh, concepts you have to describe a dog's behavior. You talked about instinct versus choice and I was hoping you could elaborate that to our listeners well it's kind of like imagine you're driving a car and somebody is cutting you and they're being a jerk what is your instinct telling you to do your instinct telling you to do like to scream to win their car you know rerun their car to do something to like <laughs> show them that's our instinct but we all know how not to do it we all make conscious choice and we just you know you know, kind of rah, 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 to ourselves, and we go on with our day. Why? We learn that instincts are not the best way to go. You see toddlers learning it. When a toddler wants something, they reach for it. You tell them no, they cry, they scream. Then we teach them, you make a conscious choice, you say please. Every time people tell me my dog is misbehaving, I'm like, according to whom? According to nature, your dog is perfectly behaving. Right. You know, so according to whom your dog is misbehaving? He's behaving based on his instincts. If you want to teach him any other way to behave, you don't have the right to correct him. It's not mm-hmm. like he knows and he's giving you the finger. Your dog doesn't <laughs> know. Your dog uh-huh. behaving according to the way God or whatever you want to call it intended him to behave. So we have to be compassionate coaches where people say you got to be a leader. Yes, but there's more type of leadership than Saddam Hussein. Gandhi right. was a leader too. And a coach, like, why do they pay Phil Jackson and the Lakers so much money? Why do they pay those coaches so much money? Because they take the Kobe Bryants of the world and make them Kobe Bryants. Without it, they're not going to be as good. So it's kind of like in my book, I talk not only about instincts versus choice, I also talk about being a frog farmer. And yeah! Really, you know, <laughs> and, and I really love that. I was listening to a relationship expert, Alison Armstrong, talk about how so many women complain they are bad men. However, how many women take a good man and with complaining and focusing on the negative, just they are like, you know, turning him into a bad guy. It's almost like they want to kiss a frog and for him to be a prince. And unbeknownst to these women, and I used to be one of them, we take a prince and with complaining and negativity, we turn them into a frog. And Alison calls those women frog farmers. And I was like, God, <laughs> how many people do I see who take a good dog, rescue dog, puppy from a breeder, it doesn't matter, a good dog. And with focusing on the no, heal, submission, blah, 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 to turn a dog into a scared dog who doesn't trust people, who wants to run away every first opportunity he gets, they frogged their dog. So it's kind of like... I want to show people how to be good coaches where they coach the dog how not to behave based on the instincts and instead to make conscious choices while building up the dog, while empowering the dog, the way you would do with your child, the way you do with your spouse, 
the way you do with your employees. And you know what? It's also the way we do with ourselves because I think we can all relate to the fact that we are our own worst critics. Come on, come on, let's give ourselves a pat on the shoulder every so often when we don't go with our instinct to be hard on ourselves and we say, you know what? We were good this time. We didn't say what we were going to say. <laughs> Yeah, well, I we think beat our tongue. Well, you're saying that love and affection is so much of a stronger way to deal with a dog than dominance and overriding. I am the man. I am the master. I mean, I think what the issue is there's people get a lot of missed messages this day. It's a fact we all love our dogs, Tamar, but yes. there's people watching shows where they think they can change a dog in 30 minutes. I yeah. mean, you're trying to do it in 30 days, which seems much more logical, but. There's a lot of people that want an instant fix. They think they can push a button and the dog's going to be well-mannered. What's yeah, the reality? Well, yeah. the reality is that you cannot get somebody to love you if you make him afraid of you. This is just basic. This is just mm -hmm. research, behavioral research. Love and fear do not equate. Period and a sentence. If you make somebody submissive, all right, it's not based on trust. It's based on fear. <laughs> right. You know, and you cannot have the relationship that you want. And I think we need to bring cars back into dog training. People mm -hmm. think the dog training is something so out there and obscure and you need to have a special gift. And what I do on a daily basis with my clients, I show them how much they know already. And they look at me and they go, God, that's just basic common sense. And I'm like, you're right. You mm -hmm. got it. You don't need, you know, to think that you've got to be whatever term you call yourself. You know, it's really about listening. It's a relationship with somebody who is different than you. And somebody who is different than you is your spouse, is your children, is anybody who is not you. So, you know, learn what makes them happy. And then find a way where instead of giving that thing for free, they earn it and they appreciate and they have a sense of accomplishment, you know, because when you see a dog learning, I use treats at the beginning and then I don't because why the sense of accomplishment in the dog and they see how they actually have a say about their life and that's what makes them so excited, you know. And it's like 30 minutes to train a dog. No, 30 minutes to break a dog's spirit, to make them scared of you. But to actually build a relationship, no, you've got to put a little bit more time and effort in. We're speaking with Tamar Geller. She is a best-selling author, and she's really a dog's best friend and our best friend. She's written the book, 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog. And I want to ask you a little bit about Oprah. Okay, you've, you've hung out with some famous people, but you know what? When it comes down to it, just like us, not everybody, you know, some dogs have some issues, some celebrities have some issues, some non-celebrities <laughs> have some issues. So you were working with our Springer Spaniels, Lauren and Sonny. Yes. How did that go? Oh, my God. Uh, I worked with her Golden Retrievers five years ago because she tried one time the submission method, and it was completely not for Oprah or for her dog. She's not about that. So mm -hmm. she called me, and five years ago, I worked with her three golden retrievers. So when she got Springer, Sonny, and Lauren, she said, Tamar, can you move in? And she said, I'm giving you two weeks. Would you do it in two weeks? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And she said, not only I'll give you two weeks, I'll film you during two, these two weeks to see if you can do it. I was okay. like, oh, my God, I'll put two dogs within a five-dog pack. I'm like, I don't know. Anyhow, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I moved in with her. I lived at her house. 
she is, listen, I know her for five years and I know her as the mother of these dogs and she's a magnificent mother. They don't know that she's Oprah. See, the dogs <laughs> don't know that she's Oprah. Right. And that's why I have to treat her the way the dog sees her, you know. So the dog don't know she's Oprah. I have to treat her as a doggy mom and she's an unbelievable mom. You know, some of the celebrities I deal with, they're like, you know, you know, this, you know they have the assistants, they have this, they have that. That's mm-hmm. Oprah. Oprah, nice. who can have a, you know, a diva trip, does not have any pretentiousness or diva trip. She is like the most hugging, physical, loving human being. Whenever she sees most of the people that, that work with her on a regular basis, the first thing she does, she hugs you and then she takes you for a walk, still hugging you just around the property. <laughs> she is such a love bug. She is such a love bug. And, you know, and she's like, she, you know, the dogs give her that one that love that she knows is for real, whether she has a show or doesn't have a show, whether the ratings are good or ratings are not, the dogs are consistently there. And she's magnificent. She takes the dogs on at least three long walks, which are like hikes a day. Mm-hmm. She really put the time when they're sick. She wakes up in the morning every two hours to attend mm-hmm. to them. You know, she really follows the certain things that she likes to do her way. Like she likes the dogs to jump on her, but other people don't like. So I said, okay, so how about we'll come up with a way that they will hug you? So I said, let's mm-hmm. teach them to hug me. So now when she says hug me, they hug her, they jump on her, but other people they don't jump on. That's very you good. Know? You reached a good compromise. But isn't it what life is about? Yeah, but I'm just wondering how much... The dogs have played a role in her success, and I don't mean success as far as ratings, but her success is really being a compassionate human being because I don't know about you, but I think they really are a little Buddhist, if you are, a little teachers. Yeah. They're there every day giving us lessons if we just pay attention. And I think Oprah is one of those people who really does pay attention to life, and she looks at everybody as if, what lesson do I have to learn from you? What lesson do you mm-hmm. have for me? And I haven't met many people like Oprah where she really, sometimes I I sit there and I feel like, you know, like she would make me lunch, okay? She would make (laughs) me lunch. I'm not kidding. There's a salad that I, when I used to eat chicken, she had a salad that I really loved, which was chicken, celery, and apples mixed together with some little bit of, you know, I don't know what the dressing Mm -hmm. was, but it was, oh, I loved it. So every time I would come, she's like, I'm making you your salad. You got to stay for lunch. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, so I'm sitting there in a dining table, you know, kind of on the balcony, very casual. And I'm like, I'm sitting with Oprah. How can I sound, you know, (laughs) smart? You know, how can I sound like I'm not wasting her time, you know? She really looked at everybody to say, you are smart. You have a gift. What is it? And it's it's remarkable. So it's kind of like the chicken and the eggs. Did she have it before she had the dogs? And that's why the dogs are so good. Or, you know, or the dogs help her become that way. But I do know that she looks at the, the personalities of the dogs and she doesn't try to change them. She sees them for what they are. And she's very good at taking advice. And I tell you, a lot of people think they know better. They pay me to go and help them, but then they want to prove to me that they know better than me. Oprah doesn't. 
I'm glad to hear that. We're speaking with Tamar Geller. She is an amazing dog coach for both dogs and people. She has a great place you got to check out. Just go to TamarGeller.com. She is the owner and founder of The Loved Dog. It's a cage-free boarding doggy daycare in L.A., and I think I want to come back as a dog to go to your place. <laughs> and she's also the founder of Operation Heroes and Hounds, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of this in her new book, 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog, right after we pay for this show by taking this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Betty White, and I'm inviting you to tune in to the Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time speaking with Tamar Geller. She knows dogs. She knows people. She knows Oprah. But we want to give away a copy of your book, Tamar. So we always ask the guest, what would be a good code word that the caller would have to email me at Arden at fourleggedlife.com because I have a pet community called Four Legged Life. Um, what would be a good code word we could do so we could set up some lucky listener to get a copy of your book? How about the word gratitude? Gratitude. Good one. Okay, so are you guys paying attention? Tamar Geller's book, 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog, the person who emails Arden at fourleggedlife.com. You're going to get your paws on a signed copy. We'll work with Tamar and, and be able to maybe personalize the paw graphing with the name of the person and their four-legged pal. Tripods too, right? We're okay with the three-leggers. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now, I was reading your book, and you've got quite a great range. One of the things I like is that you've got a dog you may be getting from uh, a shelter, and the dog has a name you're not really jazzed about, and people seem to have issues with that. I just had a cat I adopted whose name was Edwina. Really can't oh. stick with Edwina. No offense no. to any Edwinas out there. Named her Ziki. <laughs> which is um, Turkish for clever and courageous because she's a Turkish fan mix from the streets. Let's talk about the Rocky Max you talk about in the book. So help us out. If you got a dog that you're going to adopt and they have a name you're just not really jazzed about, how do you avoid canine confusion? 
Well, it's very easy. It's kind of like giving a nickname to your dog. So you don't ignore the old name. You just add the new name as if it's a nickname. So the dog was named Rocky. They didn't want the name Rocky, so they wanted Max. So it's like instead of saying, Rocky, get over here, or Max, get over here, it was like, Rocky Max, Rocky Max, Rocky Max, and then they just got rid of the Rocky, got rid of the Rocky, and Max remained. <laughs> That's very smart. Now, the other thing I like is you were teaching different ways to teach commands, and I don't want to say commands, to teach behaviors. behaviors. I like the one you said, be a goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're marking I love the to behavior. be a goat. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You know what? A lot of yeah, people yeah. think that if a dog is eating grass, it's actually because there's something bad for them, and it's not the case. When you look in nature, dog, I mean, dogs, wolves do eat vegetation. They eat bark of trees, they eat berries, they eat different grass, and particularly in the where the grass is so full of minerals and everything, dogs will eat grass. So now, when my dog is eating grass or my client's dog, we just make fun of it and we say, be a goat, be a goat, be a goat. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you know, when you pet your dog in a certain spot on your body and they keep licking the lips, we just call it be a lizard. Be a lizard, lizard, lizard. And then the dog is giving you the tongue again and again and again. It's kind of like, you know, you give names to behaviors and you make fun, you make it silly. And, and then the dogs give you that behavior afterwards without necessarily the cue of, you know, scratching his butt or whatever. <laughs> and I won't and scratch, scratch my butt, butt, I promise, while I'm on the show. <laughs> I want you, I want if you to could, to share what happened when uh, Mario Lopez, that hunky host of Extra, was coming up to you and saying, Tamar, I really want to get a dog and I want to get a bulldog. Why was yeah. that really not a good idea and for And it was, again, it was on camera because, you know what, it's again like dating, where we uh-huh. think we want one type of a person, but that person is not good for us. Actually, <laughs> you know, we need somebody else, you know. So he wanted a bulldog because he's a macho and he loves, you know, to have a dog who looks like, you know, really cool and macho and everything. And I said, but Mario, you are hot. You work on your hotness. You work out all the time. You know, that dog will not be able to join you. And he was like, why not? And I said, because they have respiratory issues. They have a smooshed nose. They mm-hmm. cannot hike Runyon Canyon, which is a tough hike, which you do on daily basis. I said, do you travel? Do you travel by private jet? No. Then the dog would not be able to fit under the seat, and you want the dog to travel with you. So what it is, it's kind of like you look at the lifestyle. He ended up getting a French bulldog, which is smaller, and, um, and he's not taking him on hikes. I wish he had rescued a dog. By the way, John Stewart, also mm-hmm. my client, did rescue the French bulldog from the shelter in Harlem. Three oh, wow. months old, and he did not go as John Stewart. His wife went anonymously, you know, and started looking and, and got mm-hmm. the dog. There. By the way, I took Natalie Portman to that same shelter in Harlem, and we got her a Yorkie, a very young Yorkie. He was, I don't know, like seven, eight months. So right. she got there. So it's kind of like just a side note. If you want a certain breed, don't necessarily think that you have to buy them. You can rescue them if you have the patience to, to wait for the right dog. Yeah, that first year, the puppyhood, I call it the wonder year because yeah. you wonder what you're doing. <laughs> ah, what a great way. Yeah. What a great because, you know, I, I think any, any of us who really work with dogs would never get a puppy because <laughs> for one thing, when you see how most older dogs, how to treat puppies, they're like, get away from me. Get away right. from me. And then I get a call. My older dog is growling at the puppy. I said, give your older dog a tip. <laughs> He's teaching your dog not to be a pain in the neck. That's you know, right. Puppies are very narcissistic. That's all they know is to operate by instincts. 
I want something, I go and I get it. And I jump for it and I bite for it and I, you know, and it's kind of like it's a pain in the neck. It's so much easier when a dog is older. It's so, I just adopted a 10-year-old dog. Oh, my God. Is it well, easy. let's hear about your new dog. Well, Jima, short for Grandma, Jima, she's a dachshund mix and somebody just put her face on my Facebook page and I was like, well, she's in the shelter. I got to go and get her. <laughs> and she is, I have a weakness for dachshunds. And she, I'm looking at her, she's laying on my bed right now, and mm-hmm. she is the easiest dog. She waddles around. She is so grateful for everything. She is magnificent. She's easy. She has the right energy to go on a hike or to go to the beach, which she did every day over the weekend. And yet, if I want to sleep in, she sleeps in. She doesn't wake me up like, Mom, Mom, you got to take me out. You got to take me out. <laughs> She's like going with the flow. It's kind of like people, you know. As the older you get, you kind of like don't sweat the small stuff. Dogs right. are the same way. And dogs also, the older they get, they get more in touch with the human side and less the wolf side. Because the dog is a little bit like a wolf and a little bit like a toddler. You know, any of us who have a dog know that we see the parts of them that are very, you know, wolf-like. You know, when they go in circles before right. they lay down. You know, it's kind of like, why do they do that? They don't have a ground here that they have to pat to make sure that there's nothing sharp sticking before they lay down on it, before they flop down. There's the wolf instinct in them, but we also can see the human side to them. They're like children. So the older the dog is, I found it's much easier for them to connect to that human side, and it's easier for us to work with them. Everybody asks me, isn't it tough to teach an old dog new tricks? I'm saying it's easier. It's actually way easier. To me, yeah. it's much easier because you're not fighting, you're not, you know, overcoming nature as much. They're there willing, wanting to connect with you. I think you're right because you're doing it with love and purposeful play. And we're speaking with Tamar Geller. She knows dogs. She's the author of 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog. And the person who emails Arden at Four-Legged Life with the code word Tamar, what is it? Gratitude. Yes, we'll get their paws on a copy of this book. I wanted to talk about an issue that some people sometimes misunderstand. I have a 60-pound golden retriever husky named Chipper, and Chipper Mm. came from a shelter. She was a three-time shelter reject. She's now a therapy dog, and rock on. We love playing tug-of-war. Tell us the good way of playing tug-of-war and why that really will strengthen that bond you have with your dog. This is a great question. Thank you so much for asking it. When you look in nature, and I studied wolves in the wild, I spent months observing wolves in the wild, you see that the three primary games that they play is chasing, wrestling, tug of war. And the reason they play these three games is because that, by the way, they challenge each other to see the hierarchy, not by submission, by the way. All mm-hmm. right, they see which one is the best at chasing, wrestling, and tug of war. And the reason why is because if they want to survive, they need to hunt. And in order to be good hunters, they need to chase, wrestle, and tug on the prey. So if you really want to connect with the dog in their own language, you play the games that come so natural to them. Now, if I'm going to ask you to chase your dog, you're actually, te- actually teaching your dog that it's a game to run away from you. So I don't want to teach that to a dog. If I'm going to ask you to wrestle with your dog, your dog may think that putting his teeth on people's arms is a good thing, and some people may freak out, lawsuits, injuries, 
So no wrestling. I'm sorry, guys. A lot of guys like to wrestle with the dolls. Mm-hmm. However, the game of tug of war is one of the best games to play with your dog. Why? It is the time where your dog feel you got him, you got his core, you got his spirit. You are playing the game that he was built to play. But there are rules to play those games. It's kind of like if I'm going to tell you, tell your kid, go and kick another kid, you're going <laughs> to say you cannot do it. But what if it's in a karate class? Then mm-hmm. yes, you want to go your kid to go and kick another kid because there are boundaries, there are guidelines which you play within those within that framework, and that's right. what tug of war is. With that framework, you will make your dog aggressive, but when you play it within a framework, it makes your dog mellow, really, really, really mellow. You don't want to leave the tug of war toys playing on the ground. Once the toy became a tug toy, this is it. It's no, it's no longer on the ground. Okay. You keep the toy, and then you bring it to the dog, and you bounce it on the floor as if it's an animal. Once your dog grab onto it, then you let him win. Why? Because if you're going to win all the time, your dog will not want to play with you because there's too much certainty, too much known. It's kind of like if every time you're going to go and see a game, it's going to be the same score, the same team winning, the same team losing. You're never going to go again. There's no right. fun. All right? It's the same here. So you want to let your dog win. At the beginning, I let the dog win 90% of the time. Like, whoops, look, you got the toy. You're so strong. (laughs) You know, and then little by little, I'm winning 90% of the time. I have to let the dog win 10% of the time because that's when they get excited. The key thing is when you tell your dog to drop, even if they're in the midst of rah, 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 you want the dog immediately to drop on a dime and sit patiently. Now okay. that's control. That's control, and a dog is doing it because he knows that that's the only way you're going to get the toy back. So now you got your dog that in the moment of when he's at the most of his wolfness, he's hunting, he's killing the, animal, the toy. You tell him to drop and he drops and sit. That is real leadership. And the key is, at the end of the game, you say no more, and you take the toy away with you until the next time you pull the toy out. You do that, you're going to have an unbelievable dog. Now, how you teach your dog to drop? The easiest way is to put a treat in front of your dog's nose, and the moment you drop the toy to take the treat, you just say, drop, and you give the toy, <laughs> you give the treat, and then you give the toy back. I just put my hand like a ref, and I say, game over, tip her nose, okay? That's it, you so I do a hand. You can call it any way you like. You can call it refrigerator, and it means game <laughs> over. You know what I mean? So I want people to have fun, people not to be stuck on words, and yeah. whatever you want to call it. Just have fun with your dog, and realize that you know more than you think. Well, I've really enjoyed having you on our show. I do want to have a quick, if you could, talk a little bit about the loved one, your center, and a little bit about Operation Heroes and Hounds before we have to call it a, a well, show. Operation Heroes and Hound is my nonprofit work and the thing of it is I've been seeing for years the amazing impact the dogs have on people's lives. So one of the places we are operating is in Camp Pendleton and we take shelter dogs and one we can see the DVD on my website, tamargeller.com, but there was a guy then a, a Marine named Brian. He got shot in the face by a sniper. And for two years, he was going to therapy, but no matter what they did, he could not fall asleep at night without taking sleeping pills and in the morning, some type of speed pill to wake up. We gave him a shelter dog. By the way, a purebred black Labrador, which doesn't mean we can give him a complete mat. But she slept with him on the bed 
And after three weeks of him coaching her in the love dog method, so that means they were bonding, and they and she slept on the bed. After three weeks, he's no longer taking sleeping pills or speed pills wow. in the morning. Again, you hear him say it on the video on my website. And it's remarkable. So actually tomorrow we are starting, we're expanding it from post-traumatic stress disorder people. We're expanding also to the VA. And tomorrow we're starting here in the VA hospital in Westwood. And some of the people are homeless. Some of them are, were, were fighters in Vietnam. We already chose dogs from the shelter, and Cricket is one of them, the one that I have at my home now. She's a Dachshund Jack Russell mix, and mm -hmm. on my Facebook, I have pictures of the dogs. I'll have to Facebook you, so I'll put that Please. after the show. Cause, it's uh, remarkable. It, yeah. it's, it's remarkable, the miracles that happen when we show people that they are more than what they think they are. You mm -hmm. know, we're just using the animals, the dogs, to expand the identities, to throw away any limiting beliefs that these people have about themselves. And the dogs, by the way, are getting coached, and then we adopt them out. So we're looking for homes for all these dogs. They can go to TamarGeller.com and learn about it. It's called Operation yes. Heroes and Hounds. Anything else you'd like to add before we call it a show? I just can't thank you enough for the show that you're doing and sharing a way of interacting with a dog. I can't thank you enough, Arden. Well, we're going to have to hook up because I live in Oceanside near Camp oh. Pendleton. Oh. So we'll have to figure out a way because it would be great because I'm a collaborator. I have really strong typing fingers. My feeling is when people have good messages, I like to shout it off the rooftop. And so, you've been doing it. Well, so have you. And so it's a mutual admiration society. <laughs> uh, maybe Wait. Chipper and my little dog, Cleo, both rejects from the street. One day we'll get to meet you. Little Aww. Cleo's a surfer now. I didn't realize it, but I got a little surfer, 12-pound mystery mutt that surfs. Oh, so, um, No, she's very calm. Aww. Not scared, not excited, just hanging 20. So I Aww. never imagined two years, three years after getting this girl from the street that she'd be with the Helen Woodward Animal Center doing the surfathon. <laughs> I love the Helen Woodward people. Oh, my oh God, they're great. I love Mike Arms and all these people. I love them. They're great, great people, great. great organization. Well, you've been great. I'm glad that you were a guest. We're speaking with Tamar Geller. She's the author of 30 Days to a Well-Mannered Dog. you got to say gratitude as the code word to Arden at Four-Legged Life, and you'll get your paws on her book. And all you other ones, great idea for the holidays, right, Tamar? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, we'll have you back on again another day because there's so much more we can talk about. But until then, I want to, again, thank you, Tamar, for being a guest on our show. Thank you, Arden, for having me. I and really I, appreciate it. Well, and I also want to give a pause up to my producer, Mark Winter. He makes the show happen each and every week. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering <laughs> just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat only on PetLifeRadio.com.